Good afternoon, everyone. Good afternoon. Let me know who's on. I want the whole family tuned in. We're going to spend a lot of time in prayer today. But prayer without the word is meaningless. You pray out of excitement. Or you pray out of zeal. Or you pray out of fear. But when we have the word that inspires prayer, what happens then is that prayer is regulated by the Spirit. You know, the means of the Spirit can be in a time when you should actually be mourning. The Spirit actually makes you rejoice. Without the Spirit, in a season when it looks like you should mourn, but you should actually be rejoicing, the flesh will tell you to mourn along with everybody else. So today we could have been hit with a situation that threatens our living space. And what the normal person would do is become frantic in fear. Um, all kinds of anxiety, all kinds of issues, fears, anticipation of things that are not yet, but anticipating them to be something. But, but you see, the Spirit makes us Good afternoon, everyone. I'm not ignoring you. The Spirit allows us to operate as God operates. The Spirit allows us to respond according to what God is doing. And, you know, there were men, and we're going to start off with Hebrews 11. And I'm actually going to say that permit me today to be a bit here and there. Yeah? So what I ask you to do is that as we get into the Word, I'm just going to do the disclaimers now so I don't have to do it then. We're going to be under the word for as long as the spirit leads us to be. So if it's one hour, that's what the spirit asks for. If it's two hours, that's what the spirit asks for. If it's 30 minutes, that's what the spirit asks for. But I want you to take note. Find your instruction. You know, last night I was tired. I was tired. I left here because I was tired. I wanted to go and sleep. But yesterday, last night, as I went upstairs... Um, early hours of this morning actually I was hit with the spirit of prayer and I knew that that means God wants to bring us into a place I've been very careful not to respond to the pressures of other people so I could have easily said oh we enter fast and we enter everyday prayer and that's not um, fault in any other because what God does for us is that he leads us by the spirit not by the way you feel so when the spirit of prayer came, I knew that this is the time that God is calling us into that place of prayer. And you'll notice whenever God calls us into the place of fasting or a time of prayer, there's a spirit that comes. There's a willingness, there's a freeness in the atmosphere to do so. Most of the times, the reason why we can't pray or worship or be in the word or fast as freely as we want to is because it's still the efforts of mankind but i want to remind you of scriptures like when the bible says that it is him that works in us both to will and to do so my prayer for the new gen leaders my prayer for cod as we see it is many things but these are the points of prayer that we will have the ability to endure. What I'm, you know what I'm going to share with you today? And this is why I ask you to permit me to be a bit here and there. Because there's a word that hit me last night. Through the understanding of things that Pastor Toby was saying. And I feel that it's something that we, we won't fully understand and embrace. 
until we're actually on the field. You're going to understand everything I'm saying. I'm not taking that away. But it may be here and there. And one may not know how to fully comprehend what I'm about to say. And it's not because it's, it's rich in, um, in vocabulary. No. It's the fact that one cannot fully know pain until they're in pain. You know the concept of you can only sympathize with somebody that's in pain. But you will not know the pain unless you're experiencing it. So the word that God lays on my heart and began to put in me, that put the spirit of prayer on me last night, is a word that I believe that we will come to understand more and more as we enter the core, more and more as we become what God has called us to be. So I thought it right that there were certain people that had to be here today. I thought it right that it was intentional that I say that people do not stay by themselves. And you know, there's some cases I had to pray and I'm going to be as real as I have to be in this periscope. But I know, I know cases. Please, the, the thought I want you to have, because I'm not going to rush this at all. The thought I want you to have is, till this day, have any of you seen the devil? And you know, you've heard me say these things, but there's a point I'm trying to reach with this. Till this day, of the words, uh, of the, the churches that we have come from, and the fear and anxiety that our parents try to pass on to us or community tries to pass on to us. Have you seen the devil? And the answer I hope would be, is that no. But the works of the devil are very clear. So you see, for me, this is where I say things like, you see when it becomes a regular practice. And a regular practice may not be that you, can't, you um, deliberately do it. But when it becomes a regular regular practice that you are omitted, you are not in the presence of the gathering, when God calls for gatherings, when there's a constant excuse, and I did not come here to speak words that are going to entertain you today because I'm, there's a word that God is calling us, going ahead of myself, there's a word that calls us to the mountain of God. There's a word that calls us to a higher place. There's a word that calls us into the revelation of what God is about to do despite your doubts. That's where God is calling us to this afternoon and throughout these prayer and word sessions. But you see, when you find yourself again, if it was the devil obstructing you by form, if there was a big red monster that kept holding you by form from being in the gatherings, then maybe you would say, that's the devil. But Pastor Sam said something to us that I can't uh, make us forget on Monday that the devil does not come in blatant ways. Fornication is no longer the means of the devil. That's the immaturity and the disobedience of a man. But the devil operates in schemes. Things that by, by face value you will not recognize it as the devil's operation. So you would see every time that there's a congregational meeting there's something that seems to obstruct you. You see, I'm not praying, I'm not speaking like this to condemn any individual. And if you think I'm speaking about you, I am speaking about you. But what I'm actually doing is, I've, I'm saying this out of the place of being upstairs and interceding on your behalf. Because this is what Pastor Toby said we should do. It cannot, you, you know how we determine um, divine things, divine being both good and bad? It's by patterns. When something is a repetitive thing, you know that there's an influence there. 
And you know, most of the times, do you know what the devil does? For some people, he knows that their level of um, capacity is that they can possibly be removed. For some, he knows that their level of capacity is, I can't remove them. But what I should do is cap them. What I want to do with their life, I will hinder them. So if God planned for them to be a level 10, for example, the devil's operation in their life is to keep them at level 5. He will not stop them from church. He knows that they're too mature to leave. But he knows that what they don't know is what they are to become. Every day that the word is being revealed to us is actually revealing day on today what you are to become. So the reason why we can't be missing from the congregations is because it's there that God's presence is in, especially when there's permission for you to be there. So when I stress things like us being together, it's more than being annoying. It's more than being irritating. It's more than being controlling. And you see right now your heart and your mind will begin to run. Some of you that are very scriptural will begin to find excuses or scriptures that will permit your, your, um, you being omitted. But I speak here knowing that before I've come down, I've begged God. Let me not speak my opinion. I've also asked for the Spirit of God because the Spirit of God is the one that convicts you. So I can't try to persuade you into my opinion. I'm only telling you what God shows us. What we have to be careful of is patterns, guys. If you're the one that's constantly sleeping in the times of the word, it's a pattern. And I'm not saying that this is not human, but what God's destiny for you is not to be human, it's to be God. So there's a level of expectancy. So what I want to warn you guys with this is, and again, I said, forgive me today. I actually say today, forgive me if I go here and there. But what I want you to have in mind is that I think all of a sudden, God's just announced a call for hire. And I'm going to have to say it like that. God has made a call for hire. He's made a mountain available. And you know, at the base, it looked like we were all together. At the bottom, it looked like we were all at one accord. But the call up to the mountain of God is going to show those who God has deposited strength in. So today, when we pray and when we, when we worship, I've said many times that worship is an extension of prayer. So you see, when we were worshiping, we, we, we cleared the way for God's word because the worship today was word. The worship today was in preparation for the king. It was to the removal of all other things and to the acknowledgement of the one who creates it all. So what I want you to understand is that you have to, so for me, if I say these things, I don't come to condemn anyone, but I'm telling you behind closed doors, I am just speaking in tongues on your behalf because there's a power. And like I've used the example that you have not seen the form of Satan, but the form of Satan is actually his schemes. Schemes that you, you look at it and somebody else that's not spiritual will say, no, it makes sense. But the spiritual will say, no, this is an influence to stop you. Are you listening to me, COD? So God is calling us to higher. And I'm going to keep using it and saying it that way. God is calling us higher. He's calling us up. But what I want you to be prepared in your heart. And in case you feel like you don't have the strength, what God first looks for is weakness. But weakness that embrace willingness. 
Weakness that, you know, I recognize, I acknowledge that I am weak, but I am willing to do what you're doing, what you want me to do. And in that case, what God does is that he begins to infuse strength to you. So what I want you to understand is that you see where God is calling us to, guys. It's a whole nother level. I've been thinking why God has been speaking to us in because again you do know that I don't speak anything that Pastor Toby has not spoken well if, if I get word it's out of the revelation of the word he has shared I don't have the ability to go to scripture and make topical sermons for you to, to, to be honest with you I'm not that disciplined to be honest with you I'm not that intelligent but what you hear is out of the revelation so if i speak to you about uncovering elijah because that's what i want to speak to you about today if i want to speak to you about uncovering elijah you may not find a specific word that explains that word but i'm telling you that these words came out of the inspiration of the revelation that came from the words we hear from pastor Toby. so it's for that reason that i feel and when you hear where we're going and i'm going to try to say it very simple but when you hear what I'm about to say, you'll realize why God has been speaking to us along the theme of there's no branch more important than the tree. Imagine before we have started, God is trying to make us know very well that it's actually not about us. God showed us last week that self is that which sabotages the blessing that God so desires to place upon you and I. Self is the power that apprehends God, that holds God to ransom in quotes, if I can say it like that, that God hopes to do something over the life of an individual, but it is self that constantly speaks boastful things. Pastor Enrique shared a scripture with us, me and Pastor Ben, about uh, uh, the voice, let me just say it like that, that speaks boastful things. It is the flesh that constantly speaks boastful the flesh is the one that can say to you that yes you are part of the word you're part of god's holy family you're part of them who are to be separated i feel the presence of god that you're part of the ones that are to be separated unto god but flesh boastfully says that you can still commit fornication flesh still boasts and says that you can do this and what we must never lose is the truth of god's word the truth of god's word that god does not condemn those that come to him for mercy God does not put away those that come to him. In fact, Christ even began to say, and we know the functions of Christ, that it's only the, the replication, it's the reflection of what God will do. And Christ will say to us that there's none that will come to me that I will turn away. So, but what we must not lose though, is the truth behind everything. So when wrong is wrong, we say it's wrong. We don't try to pattern it so that we can feel accepted and i want to go ahead of myself by saying that and this is usually the problem of believers can i start off today by saying to you one thing that the spirit of jezebel her work and assignment is specific for those that are called by god jezebel does not function in the world there are people that are already that are already set up for those in the world but jezebel's duty is to actually bring the downfall of God's men and women. I want you to hear this. And when we go into the scriptures of seeing why Elijah had to run, you realize that the problem with men of God is that usually when you get to a certain abode with God, 
when you get to a certain stance with God, a certain stand before God, you become, you, you struggle to show vulnerability. In your days, you want to show strength after strength. You don't want to show weakness so someone will not confess sin because it will make a man of God who should be strong appear weak. You would think what God, or you think what people has to say is enough to stop what God wants to do. Can I remind you of David? And again, I said that I'll take my time with this. Can I remind you of someone like David, that David was a man that was caught, and I said this yesterday on Periscope, that he was a man after. God prospered him because he was a man in pursuit of God's heart. He was a man that all his desire was not the kingdom actually was not the many wives and concubines, was not the riches and the fame, was actually that he wanted to obtain the heart of God. And this man will be now used eternally as an example of God's perfect shepherd. If you want to name Jesus another name, they will sometimes make reference to David being the father of Jesus Christ. I want you to remember that in those days, your surname will be the name of your father. So Jesus actually was named to David. Are you listening to me? Because of his heart for God. But I want you to remember that David was so knitted with the heart of God that David got to a place that he actually paraded his weakness. Not to his generation, but to eternity. When I begin to say things like, it's not about us, but it's not about self, but it's actually something more than us. The family is what that the family is what's more than us. You would realize what David did, but again through scriptures, your ears will begin to open to what I'm trying to say concerning David. But David made a whole um, chapter, and he spoke about his weakness. He spoke about his sin for all eternity. As much as we would see, yeah, the strength of David, the ability for David to rise. And for people to rise because of his rising. The ability to take over fortresses. To take strongholds of enemy camps and turn it into a city of God. Despite all these exploits, what we note down of David was actually his weakness. And if you think that that's strange, because what I want to do and what I believe the Spirit wants to do is raise a breed. You know, when we make reference to breed sometimes, our mind will then channel to things like things that are rare, things that are uncommon. What God wants to raise is an uncommon bunch of people that cannot be related to others. Uh, going ahead of myself, he wants to raise those that will have the spirit of Elijah. And I'll, I'll make you understand the spirit, why I made reference to the spirit of Elijah, the spirit of the prophets, the spirit that confronts, the spirit that knocks head with everything that knocks heads with God, the spirit that will enable a man to isolate themselves and become, find home in living a stranger life because they want to remain acquainted to God. They want to remain at peace with God. So what I want you to know is that they, there are many men of God that couldn't show their weaknesses. But when you look at the Son of God, Jesus Christ, he knew that it's actually part of the journey. That sometimes the vulnerability of your life is made known. Because it's not a story for yourself. 
I know when you sinned. I know when you made a mistake. I know when we did things that we thought that men or women of God should not do. It was a pride issue to ourselves. But it's actually more than you. Imagine that the weakness of David became a psalm for this generation. Became a means of connecting to God. Became a means of understanding. Eternity will now know the salvation and the redemption plan of God through the weakness of a man. So what I'm actually trying to say to you is that to the one that is caught, every aspect of your life from the children you have to the marriage you have to the job you have to the exploits and the vulnerable moments they are actually to the aid and to the benefit of what god is doing is not actually about you you see why sin is so dangerous because sin makes you focus on yourself sin makes you aware of the nakedness that you was not aware of before sin makes you hide from god God, I said this the other day, God was not meant to be looking for Adam. Adam was meant to be already presented. Adam was already meant to be waiting in expectation on the arrival of God. So this is the reason why we say we don't slug our way into. We don't become sluggish into the presence of God. We don't come with a countenance that is not pleasing to a king when we come into his presence because he expects us to be already presented. He expects our minds and hearts to be ready to be handed to him so that he can write his law, his word in us so that there will not need to be teaching actually. There will just be the moving of what God is saying that we should do. So today I want to speak about something that if I'm being honest with you, I'm even trying to get my head around fully. And what I mean by that statement is that I feel like it's a conversation that will continue. I think it's something that day by day God will continually reveal it to us. And I want to speak to you about uncovering Elijah. What does that mean? Let's see who Elijah is really. Because you see, something about told stories is that stories can be watered down over generations. Have you ever been with somebody who is accounting a story of past, of their past? But if you pay attention to them or you pay attention to those by whom that story will be continued, you'll notice that there are certain changes. Problem with the changes of these stories is that it's possible to lose the truth of what actually happened. So you see, when we look at the Bible, it's important that we approach the word with the Spirit. And there's certain things that the Spirit says to us that anything should be anything that you see in Scripture. Anything that is to be considered as truth must be reckoned with as a pattern. It says there should be two or three witnesses. So one of the... No, let me not go ahead of myself. So let's start actually because I'm not going to rush this. I've got about four scriptures I want us to go through and I'm going to take my time with it this afternoon. I just hope that your ears are open and you're ready for the word. Are you guys on and ready for the word? Yeah okay let's start with hebrews 11 we're going to read hebrews 11 through to hebrews 12 after that we'll talk about jezebel briefly and jezebel will then lead us to god's cord elijah so let's start with hebrews 11 go for it sir now faith is confidence in what we hope for 
an assurance about what we do not see. Now faith is confidence of what is hoped for. That's what the scripture says, right? Carry on reading. Carry on. Let's see what the Bible extends and says to us. Go on. This is what the ancients were commended for. Did you see that? You know, the scriptures that we read and read and read, and it becomes so fluent in our tongue that we actually skip it. What the ancients, in other words, as you have looked down, for those of you that have your Bible in your hand, as you've looked down into the Bible, the men that we read about, these men were commended for their faith. I'm going to say something as a, as a gem that I want you to keep in your mind for where we're going. Yeah. What they were commended for was not completion. What they were commended for was their faith. What they started. What they did. What they believed. This was what God commended them for. What God commended us for was what we did with youth revival. What God commends the nation for is what we've started in the city of London. What God is going to commend the nation for is what we're about to start in the nations. And I, I, I want you to keep that for that what was going to be found commendable was not the completion because as we read the scripture, you would see that these men actually died without obtaining their promise. What they were hoping for. I can imagine being in their shoes because I want us to relate with ourselves today that what will make us free and complete with God is the day where we see young people is the day where we see gang members actually totally denouncing gang activity those are the days that will make us actually feel that God has done something but the men that the scriptures are written about were men who were not commended commended based on completion but on what they were daring to start what they were daring to begin I wonder, you know, this morning, uh, and I, why I asked in the chat if people are resting yet was because I was upstairs and I too was restless. But restless was not frustration or panic of a situation. It was that God is doing something. It's that God actually made me deep this morning that, and I want you all, and this is why I asked for everyone to be in groups. I want you all to actually understand that you're the, the furthest you will go in this life, yeah, is based on you acknowledging the fact that all you have is the person right next to you. This morning I actually deep that it's actually us against this world. I deep when scripture began to say that Abraham and his household dwelt like strangers. That is someone living amongst people but not feeling like they were a part of those people. I look at this world and I see young people, I see a whole street, I see the government who say that they want to look after us but I see in this family a family that can only rely on themselves our safety is based on each other our joy is based on each other our progression is based on each other so what i began to pray this morning when i did this was that god fashioned a unity that is unbeatable within us because i understand that we were made and complete in one another but again, let me not go ahead of myself. So I want to slowly to get into this. Carry on reading. The ancients. Scripture will show us people like um, Jephthah. 
people like Moses, people like Abraham, what they were commended for. Their faith. Carry on reading, sir. Go on. Verse 3. By faith we understand that the universe was formed at God's command. Yeah. So that what is seen was not made out of what was visible. Mm. By faith, Abel brought God a better offering than Cain did. By faith, Abel. But carry on reading, go on. I'm just taking notes of people, go on. By faith, he was commended as righteous mm. when God spoke well of his offerings. And by faith, Abel still speaks. I want you to think about this, guys. Because some of these scriptures are leading you to a thought pattern. And it was deliberate that I said to you that you cancel all things. Because I believe that's the core of heaven over us. That we stop and we remember that everything that exists did not exist because of what was seen but what was unseen that we have faith and we share a faith that everything exists because it was by the word of god that the world was framed so you see what world the world wants to do is make your head run um, all over the place putting things together that makes you think it's life but god actually sometimes when he wants to do something new in the case when he wanted to do something in the widow's life, he said, forsake your son. Yeah. Forsake the fact that what you have is to feed your son so that you and your son don't die. Be fearless in that area. Forget it for a moment and hear what I need you to do. In doing so, there will actually be the multiplication of what you're trying to do. So what I expect outside of this, we're given every day. I expect there to be multiplication because we have paused what we see for what we don't see and we have allowed the world to frame but what i want you to pay attention about by faith able was that maybe i'm not a good student of scripture but i don't know the conversation of able scripture was intentional to add in things to this bible the compendium of god's thoughts scripture was deliberate in making sure that there were certain details. Last week, I showed you that there was a detail that the Spirit of God said needed to be in the book of life, which was the fact that in Daniel's room was a window open towards Jerusalem. But you see with Abel being one of the, in fact, Abel was the first person we will see give in scripture, right? He was the one first man. God was the one that gave a lamb in order to be able to give clothing to Adam and Eve. Everything I say to you is very deliberate, by the way, so I hope you're following me. But what was actually intentional, or what was intentional by the Spirit was, the Spirit made choice not to record the dialogue or any conversation of Abel while he was alive. What will be recorded for eternity was actually what he said when he died or let me say that better actually because all of this if you hear me you understand where i'm going with this at the end what was most important to the spirit was the conversation that continued with abel after he died are you listening to me what self would do is only make you have conversations when you're alive that seizes when you die what the spirit is looking for is a conversation that will continue with Chrissy 
when Chrissy in bodily form leaves. Well, God is looking, look at Abraham. Abraham, we did not audibly hear his conversations. But we see the conversations of Abraham because he was someone that entered what we call eternal life. What God wants to establish with young people through the COD family and the nation family is a conversation that exceeds our generation. That's me actually going ahead of myself. But carry on. By faith, Abel. Go on. Brought God a better offering than Cain did. Yeah. By faith, he was commended as righteous. Yeah. When God spoke well of his offerings. And by faith, Abel still speaks, even though he is dead. He still speaks, even though he's dead. Okay, carry on. By faith, Enoch was taken from this By life. By faith, Enoch. Carry on. So that he did not experience death. He could not be found because God had taken him away. Yeah. For before he was taken, he was commended as one who pleased God. Yeah. And without faith, it is impossible to please God. Because anyone who comes to him must believe that he exists and that he rewards those who earnestly seek him. Is it possible to complete a thing? without God you know most people think completion is I've completed university I've completed college I've completed the the unwritten life code that one should be married I've completed I've ticked off that I've had a child because life tells me I should have children right but I think it's possible for God to cut short your completion so that you don't deviate from faith. You will understand me in a moment. Go on. By faith, Noah, when warned about things not yet seen, yeah. in holy fear, built an ark to save his family. By faith, Noah. Go on. By his faith, he condemned the world and became heir of the righteousness that is in keeping with faith. Whatever he did was actually what condemned his world whatever he did in that time and growing slowly into the topic of Elijah and I, I'm, I'm just saying this so that you make sure you prepare your heart I strongly strongly believe that God is telling us a word in advance so that people don't and let me tell you what it is so people don't fall faint in the day that they should actually be strong keep that in mind carry on by faith Abraham, when called to go to a place he would later receive as his inheritance, yeah. obeyed and went, even though he did not know where he was going. We treated this last week, but carry on. By faith, he made his home in the promised land, like a stranger in a foreign country. Mm. He lived in tents, as did Isaac and Jacob, who were heirs with him of the same promise. Mm. For he was looking forward to the city with foundations. Quick four. Funny funny because it reminds us of the situation who came first Noah or Abraham talk to me Noah are you sure guys Noah according to scripture came before Abraham so why is Abraham called the father of faith if scripture actually tells us that Noah started with faith Abel started with faith so why is Abraham the one that is called the father of it you know what it means to say father that it begins with you it originates from you carry on reading go on whose architect and builder is god yeah and by faith even sarah 
who was past childbearing age, yeah. was enabled to bear children because she considered him faithful who had made the promise. Yeah. And so from this one man, and he as good as dead, came descendants as numerous as the stars in the sky yeah. and as countless as the sand on the seashore. All these people were still living by faith when they died. All these people, I want you to not lose thought of this, guys. You know, I prayed. I actually prayed for COD. Because, again, we're going to look at uncovering Elijah. And I keep repeating this because I want you to hear something in what I'm saying. But I realized how much every detail of the word is actually so vital for us. I actually think that as we grow in the spirit and as we grow in the world, we realize more and more how much need there is for an individual, an individual like Pastor Nikki was saying, to eat in order to feed the man that's in you. You're going to see how important it is. And you will notice that what I'm saying to you today is not actually something new. I'm just saying it in a different way. But why I say this is so that in the day when Dami should be strong, or Pastor Obi should be strong, or Pastor Beryl should be strong. We won't be found weak because it can happen. That's Jezebel's duty. Well, I'm coming somewhere. Well, I want you to pay attention is that the Bible says, and what verse was it? Um, verse what? 13. Read it for me. All these people were still living by faith when they died. As great as these people were, there was still something that they were hopeful for. Completion can bring you to the end of your faith. A man feels that they're completely satisfied and then faith becomes non-existent in their life. But why, again, it's intentional what I'm saying to you because God sometimes actually delays the completion of your heart desire so you don't lose faith because it's impossible. It's impossible to please God without it. It's impossible to do something and this is not saying that what we desire to do, we won't do and we will not complete. But it's bigger than what you think. That there's actually a work that goes beyond you that God is trying to establish through you. The, the trading family is actually beyond you. And it's going to take word and time to realize how it's beyond. This is what God wants to say to Elijah. That it's actually beyond you. I've actually gone ahead of myself to say everything. What God actually wants to say to Kida is actually it's beyond, it's beyond you. What God's trying to say to Grace is that it's actually beyond you. And sometimes what God will do is make you go without the completion of certain things. So that you may, found, you may be found in a place of constantly having faith. What causes a man to speak continually is the faith. So when John begins to say things like in the end times, the book of Revelation, all these things will happen. We see a man who died with the faith of something more. When you hear men that say, I had a dream. These people can then be commendable by God, commended by God because they died at the place of faith. They didn't die and say, I have rested well and I've done everything. I told you a few weeks ago, if you paid attention to David, a man that God calls, he always puts something more in you so that you can have faith. There's actually no zenith of your life. There's actually no completion of your life. Oh God, I hope you hear what I'm saying to you. There's actually no end to your life. So even though David was known for battle and his fighting ability, 
it will be close to his deathbed that he will begin to see a house I ask you the question why didn't he see that before why is it at that moment he saw it God was trying to establish faith in him the Lord said to my Lord our conversations that God was trying to keep in you and I so that we do not lose faith so these men by the by the I wanted to speak to you about Potter's house but I won't go there partly I wanted to use that to get to a point but it got to a place that David and all of these people were to be given hope death it was actually God's wish and that's why I said Potter's house because you can't tell God what to make of me I can't tell the one who creates me how I should be he's made me a certain way and it was actually at the discretion of God that men would die and just for the point I need to get through today it's almost like God permitted men to die without seeing what they were always hoping for why do I say this today or why does the Holy Spirit say this to me I consider the life like Joseph Joseph in the Bible who at the end of his life will begin to predict the exodus of his people in Egypt but I thought about what brought Joseph to that place you know God what God wants to do is actually establish leaders that's why he's talking like this establish as we use the word establish intentionally but when you look at someone like Joseph before Joseph can be in a position to dream you know I made a comment towards the end of last service and I said to you that Daniel did not have the ability to dream his own dreams up until he was approved by God in chapter 6 chapter 7 would then start with Daniel having his own dream and that dream will be of what the future to tell him that actually the dream of any man should actually be the dreams of God that extends their time well anyway I'm not going to try and blend the two words so what I want you to get is that Joseph before Joseph can be a man that can dream and prophesy the exodus of his people remember that Joseph also had to be somebody that he was in the prison for as long as he was a self person let me repeat that in a better way Joseph with all his gifts will be restricted in operation and expression for as long as it took him to realize it's no longer about self do you remember when pt would teach us that joseph when he was in the um, prison he kept saying i i i and the only time he was released when he realized that it was god what does god mean to us god is not given form to let us know that he's not restricted to our time i hope you will hear me with that you know Okay, anyway, let's look at if scripture will help you hear what I've just said. I've just said something to you. Think about Medici. Maybe I can help you with this. Medici is the first father of the Medici family that we saw in the movie, for example. He became a man that was looking ahead. So because he was looking ahead, what did he do? He established his sons. He, he will pick their education, their curriculum. He will tell them what you can and cannot be because of where he sees. So he was actually a man that died in faith that his sons would carry it on. What the black community usually do is make you think of a life for yourself. They don't make you think a legacy. But the life of self is actually to your detriment. What God wants us to understand is that what we are doing, we are actually the, let me say this in a, a, 
ahead of myself again. What we actually are as COD is the first generation of something that will extend for years and years. There will be a time we're rounding up to see that this part in, um, in this scripture. But there will be a time that we will be accounted as those who are witnesses of a generation. We will be surrounding people with our stories, with our exploits, with our pains. But there will be a stage that we would have set for a generation. I don't know if it's a hundred years from now, but we will be watching people. We may be gone according to the flesh, but alive in purpose, alive in eternity. And we will be egging people on because of what we did. So what I want you to understand is that we may be in this small room and there may be visions that we have that are actually beyond us. And what God says is that just because I may not completely complete it in your time, and this is not God saying that he won't, but in case that's the case, we should not think that it's anything short of God that's driven our lives to this place. Do you understand me? Please think of it like this. Whatever Abraham was looking for many years before the manifestation of a Jesus, he was looking forward to Jesus. He kept looking forward to the day of completion. Remember that Christ is known as the author and the finisher of our faith. He begins it and he ends it. Are you listening to me? So the end is not actually Beryl becoming a great singer and having money. No, what God will continue what God would deliberately do is make her sure of destiny so that she can always have faith. And what will happen is that what God will actually need her to, hopefully, is a place whereby she understands that it always meant to exceed her lifespan. But I don't want to go ahead of myself and say certain things, so let's carry on reading. Go on. I hope you guys have time with me today. Though. Okay, we'll see if we've got endurance. Go on. They did not receive the things promised. Yeah. They only saw them and welcomed them from a distance. They welcomed them from a distance. Our giving today, our celebration today, our, you know, now that we're in the word, we're praying. It's actually us welcoming. Welcoming means embracing. Welcoming, in other words, it's like pulling forward, pulling it to you. You know, so what we're doing here, we're actually calling what we see in our minds, what we see in our spirit, we're calling it to time. We're welcoming them, we're embracing them. But what does the scripture carry on to say? Go on. Admitting that they were foreigners and strangers on earth. Yeah. People who say such things show that they are looking for a country of their own. Yeah. If they had been thinking of the country they had left, they would have had opportunity to return. Yeah. Instead, they were longing for a better country, yeah. a heavenly one. Therefore, God is not ashamed to be called their God, for he has prepared a city for them. By faith, Abraham, when God tested him, offered Isaac as a sacrifice. He who had embraced the promises was about to sacrifice his one and only son. Amazing. Go on. Even though God had said to him, it is through Isaac that your offspring will be reckoned. Abraham reasoned that God could even raise the dead. Mm. And so in a manner of speaking, he did receive Isaac back from death. By faith, Isaac blessed Jacob and Esau in regard to their future. By faith, Jacob physically, or Isaac, sorry, physically was not in their future. But his heart and mind and spirit was in their future. And from what he could see, he blessed them. 
This is actually the state that God needs us to be in. That hotel, that let's say it's called the Hammond's Hotel. Let's say it's called that, yeah? Whatever God calls it to be. But let's say it's called Hammond's Hotel, just for the sake of example. It may not be everything you want it to be in your time. That's what God is saying. You know, that was the problem with Elijah, because I said we're, inco- we're uncovering Elijah. The problem is the great prophet of God who sees and hears and has visions that inspires his move. He was adamant to see it in his time. Carry on reading. Okay, let's run through this verse so we can go through to scripture. My main scripture verse is 1 Kings 19 though, but we're going to go to Revelations 2 after this. Go on. By faith, Jacob, when he was dying, blessed each of Joseph's sons and worshipped as he leaned on the top of his staff. By faith, Joseph, when his end was near, spoke about the exodus of the Israelites from Egypt and gave instructions concerning the burial of his bones. By faith, Moses' parents hid him for three months after he was born because they saw he was no ordinary child and they were not afraid of the king's edict. By faith, Moses, when he had grown up, refused to be known as the son of Pharaoh's daughter. He chose to be mistreated along with the people of God rather than to enjoy the fleeting pleasures of sin. He regarded disgrace for the sake of Christ as of greater value than the treasures of Egypt because he was looking ahead to his reward. He was looking ahead. Carry on. By faith, he left Egypt, not fearing the king's anger. He persevered because he saw him who is invisible. By faith, he kept the Passover and the application of blood so that the destroyer of the firstborn would not touch the firstborn of Israel. By faith, the people passed through the Red Sea as on dry land, but when the Egyptians tried to do so, they were drowned. By faith, the walls of Jericho fell after the army had marched around them for seven days. By faith, the prostitute Rahab, because she welcomed the spies, was not killed with those who were disobedient. And what more shall I say? What more shall I say? Carry on. I do not have time to tell about Gideon. I can't tell you about Gideon. Barak. Barak. Samson. Samson. And Jephthah. Go on. About David and Samuel and the prophets who through faith conquered kingdoms, administered justice and gained what was promised, who shut the mouths of lions, quenched the fury of the flames and escaped the edge of the sword whose weakness was turned to strength and who became powerful in battle and rooted foreign armies. Women received back their dead, raised to life again. There were others who were tortured, refusing to be released so that they might gain an even better resurrection. Some faced jeers and flogging and even chains and imprisonment. Are you seeing all that they endured for faith? It was faith that actually pulled them through these things because they were so convicted by what was going to happen, but happened even outside of them. I said to you, how do you ensure that you will prosper in your time? And I think something that was so powerful that Pastor Toby said was that there's no new wealth in the world. Everything's actually recycled. There's a frequency you must enter for God to entrust that wealth to you. But how would you ensure that you would be someone that prospers? That you commit it all to what God is building. What God is building, it's God. It cannot be built in your lifetime. What I want COD to understand is legacy. 
and in legacy you will understand that every steps of today is actually very necessary and important for what God is trying to do so we see these men and the Bible says that there's too much to say about even Barak Jephthah Gideon there's too much what God wants to say eventually about us is that there's too much to say about a grace there's too much to say about a corridor and all of these things actually lead towards something that God is actually doing that the world was not made for Pastor Obi but the earth was made to establish God's glory God wants to establish something and we are partakers of this thing and this is the things that God begins to say to us so that the power of self can be revealed and then treated and dealt with because self is the only thing that takes what God is trying to do are you listening to me though? are your ears open yet? okay carry on reading Pastor Claudia verse 37 they were put to death by stoning Mm. they were sawed in two they were killed by the sword they went about in sheepskins and sorry that I keep interrupting you but not sorry please if someone saw that death in the manner of being sawed in half there must have been something that they were so sure of that will make them actually accept such fate you know some people are not sure about their financial um, future or better yet they're not even sure of the future finances of this legacy you know they don't actually believe in this dynasty that God is building so a little credit is enough for them to shy away from the death of it a little situation with a sister in the room is enough to run away and I'm saying you don't understand that everything it was deliberate for me to say that David had to record both his exploits and his weaknesses but his weaknesses was not just for him it was actually for the aid of what God was actually doing that there will be a generation that can find redemption even from the weakness of a called man what makes us run away with offense self self you you don't understand that it is God working do you believe that God causes trouble do you believe that so why do you think it's too much to believe that sometimes even the issues you're going with with another person is actually God endorsed it may be started by the devil but endorsed by God because it's going to bring a growth that it both benefits you in the now and those that I look towards I see a generation honestly to God I can't be watching Julius Caesar Alexander the Great all these Ottoman empires and the sultans we cannot be looking at the greats of a generation and think that there's no future in what we're doing in fact there's actually a better future in us because what runs what we're doing is eternal in life the spirit of God so I understand that today it may be a basola here today it may be a kida here but there's going to be a generation that will thank us for the platform we've created heading all towards what Christ is doing being enthroned over all things on our way to the mountain of God but carry on reading go on they went about in sheepskins and goatskins destitute persecuted and mistreated the world was not worthy of them the world their world let me say it like that was not worthy of them their value was more than what their world can come together and try to pay for them because they understood what God was doing beyond their time 
If you really want life in what you're doing, be patient. Believe that it goes beyond you. And then you will see inherited wealth come to you. But if what you're doing is just for your lifespan, the truth is, when God's ready to take us, there's nothing that can stop it. Nothing. And at most, what, what can we live? A hundred years. A hundred years in a world that has ran for how many years? What is that? But you can make it something of value if you understand that you're part of a puzzle. You're here to continue the work of others, but you're here to expand the platform of a new generation. Carry on reading. They wandered in deserts and mountains, yeah. living in caves and in holes in the ground. Yeah. These were all commended for their faith, yet none of them received what had been promised. But that's the point though. Yet none of them received what they were promised. Now that's interesting. At this point, you have to think about everything that you believe that God has promised you. And in the case that God possibly may not give it to you in your time, would faith depart from you? So now look at what scripture says. You're going to go through even to chapter 12, but go on. Since God had planned something better for us, so that only together with us would they be made perfect. Yeah. Therefore, since we are surrounded. So God says to us now, so therefore, since we are surrounded by men who by faith subdued kingdoms, who by faith endured all that they needed to endure, who by faith were able to see what God was doing despite their time, since we are surrounded by such great a cloud of witnesses, the Bible then says, let us now run. Let us now play our part. But remember that the account of witnesses were men that were selfless towards the cause. So your part cannot be self. Do you understand that? Your part can only be selflessness that adds to another generation. Let's go to Revelations 12 and um, 2. Now let's start to look at Elijah. And like Pastor Nikki said, that Pastor, what Pastor Nikki said in the 12 o'clock scope today, she said that the duty of Jezebel was actually to propel um, um, Elijah into the next level. Elijah shouldn't have ran. I think we need to look into that scripture though. We have to look into scripture because I made a comment however long ago and I said to you that how you establish something yeah i said to you first of all actually that it's possible that through the telling of a story that the truth of it can be watered down there can be um interpretations but what we need is not the fighting of what um, um interpretation is right or what translation is right no what we now need to ask god for is the spirit now the spirit says truth will be made known to you by patterns do you understand my concept? That we can go, because scripture can say one thing in this translation and say another thing in the translation, but how do we discover truth? By the Spirit. And the Spirit told us, how do we find what is counted as truth by the Spirit? It must have a pattern. The Spirit does not move a man to do sporadic things. If you look in scripture and some of the things that Pastor Toby's been saying, you will actually even notice that the sporadicness of a prophet is actually very well a pattern. Things like 
um, Elijah saying that I will shut the heavens for three and a half years. Then we see Christ operate in three and a half years. You see many situations. You see that Elijah came from somewhere and started the work. You don't know his father or mother according to core. You know his birthplace. But according to core, you will not be able to refer to him who his father and mother is. A likeness of Christ. A one that will not die. His end will not be death but will be ascension. Elijah and Christ will both experience ascension, lifting, right? So we see that even the sporadicness of that comment to call for famine was not sporadic. The spirit has patterns. And it's through these patterns that we are able to determine if this is from God or if this is the actual deviation, divination of the devil. So we now look at Revelations 2. God wants to speak to his church. And you may think that I should have done this the other way around, but I want us to leave us with, I want to leave us with an awareness and an, a, 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 a fact that Pastor Toby said of Christ, that Christ does not speak to the appeasing of your emotions. Are you listening to me? He does not say what your heart wants to hear. He tells you what you need to hear because of truth. Truth can be that, hey, and what we're going to see in the scripture, truth can be that I've seen your love. I've seen your perseverance. I've seen your faith. That's where I'm going to, sir. I've seen all of these things. Revelations 2. Uh, I can't remember what verse, but find it for him. It, 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 oh, just look for it. It says, I've seen your love, your faith, and all of these things, but I still hold this one thing against you. God was not going to say, a normal human being will expect a normal person of love to say, okay, I considered all the good things you're doing. So because of that, I'll be easy with you on this. But no, Christ speaks truth truth for a person can be very harsh truth for another person can be something that causes you to jubilate so let's start with that scripture what is God saying to us as we move forward in the move of what he's been doing from the beginning what does he want us to pay attention to have you found it go for it sir verse 18 yeah to the angel of the church in Fetiria write these are the words of the son of God whose eyes are like blazing fire and whose feet are like burnished bronze. I know your deeds, your love and faith, your service and perseverance. I know your love, your faith, your service, your perseverance, and that you are now doing more than you did at first. I've seen the increase of the activities of ministry. I've seen that you understand to a degree Yet there's still one thing I hold against you. And God gives us these scriptures so that we will not be caught by surprise. Because there are certain influences that are amongst the church that does not stop the activities of church, but stops your effectiveness. Carry on reading, go on. Nevertheless, I have this against you. You tolerate that woman Jezebel. God's anger against his ecclesia, against the church, against those that he has chosen, that he has called to come out from among them. His fight with the church, and we're going to look into Elijah now. The fight against them he has is the fact that they tolerate. You know what it means to tolerate? Maybe find a translation of, of the, into, um, the, whatever it's called. Of, um, God wants us to know this one thing. That Jezebel is not to be tolerated. 
Now you see quickly that you see the, 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 the simplicity of a man's mind will think of a boy and a girl relationship. But Jezebel is much more than that. Jezebel is what is boastful before God. Jezebel is actually, let me tell you something. Jezebel is actually very persistent. Are you listening to what I'm saying? I'm giving you words to expand your thoughts. Jezebel is actually consistent. She doesn't stop. She does not, even when given the invitation to repent, she's unwilling to do so. Almost as if she's not afraid of God. Almost as if she's not afraid of what God can do. But the issue is that she reigns now because God permitted her time. The time that she reigns is actually the time that God wants her to repent. I'm talking more than a woman. I'm talking about the influence of a type of spirit that actually engages with the worship of the saints. That is able to make a man preach and then go and commit adultery before God. Are you listening to me? That's able to turn away from God, even though God does not see, you know, there's, there's no roof. There's nothing that hides you from God. This Jezebel commits to you another God to worship. And what Jezebel actually says is that you should manage me. Have you got the, go on. To allow, to allow to be or to be done without prohibition, hindrance or contradiction, mm. to put up with. To put up with. The church has been putting up with Jezebel. And we're going to see what Jezebel is. But I have said it to you that Jezebel's duty is the bringing down of men and women of God. And what Jezebel's duty is to do is to bring you her God. Jezebel is actually indeed a prophet. But not the prophet of God. It speaks vile words. It introduces you to mills to foods that are sacrificed to idols. Those are thoughts. Those are way of living. Can I actually say to you that Jezebel is probably one of the first people you met and interacted with. It told you a concept of marriage and you've put up with it. You've not challenged it. It's giving you a concept of how you keep your financial state and you have not challenged it. And God says, no, the duty of Elijah's, those who see. So you notice that this was seen by a seer, John the spirit of the Elijah do, do you understand what I'm saying the spirit of seeing the spirit that prepares a way and I know you would think I'm talking about John the Baptist because that's what he done but John actually was preparing the way he was the one that introduced us to Christ what we saw before then was Jesus who was Christ what we saw now was Christ who was Jesus do you understand what I'm saying to you guys at this point God's grievance with you and I is that we have tolerated we have managed in fact we have been fearful and where I'm actually going with this is that we have given up attacking Jezebel we've given up we've given up we've grown and because of growth we've said you know what let's tolerate this let's manage this Let's accept this. And I want you to know very well in the depths of your spirit, your head may not register the things I'm saying to you, but your spirit will hear this. And I pray that this, the spirit will rise to the core of this, that you see this is enough to pull away all your love, your deeds, your faith and perseverance before God. Carry on reading. Let's see what 
the function of Jezebel will do to the church. Go on. The influence, the inability for the church to attack. And I use the word attack intentionally. The inability to address Jezebel. What would that do to the church? Please read for me, sir. You tolerate that woman Jezebel who calls herself a prophet. Mm. By her teaching, she misleads my servants into sexual immorality and the eating of food sacrificed to idols. I have given her time to repent of her immorality, but she is unwilling. So I will cast her on a bed of suffering and I will make those who commit adultery with her suffer intensely. I will commit those. And who was he talking to, guys? The church. This is not a man and woman's relationship, though it can be, um, that can be included in this. These are things that are foreign to God's teaching and doctrine. That are foreign to the holiness of what God brings. The acceptance of these things. The, you know why I said that she's persistent is because she's an she's a image as much as she's spirit she's actually in the functional flesh that's why you will hear things like sexual immorality it's got a way into your body so you see every time that the word has come it, we have word sessions and we speak the word and we believe that there's a change as leaders we believe that there's a change there's the conviction for maybe about three weeks do you understand and what happens is that we tolerate because a man of God or a woman of God must not be seen vulnerable what Jezebel is going to expose in your life is the vulnerability of you and if you're not able to expose that vulnerability what will happen is that you manage her you manage that spirit you know Jezebel can be fear it can be sexual sin. It can be all kinds of things. I just, I, I don't want your minds to be limited to sexual morality. Sexual morality, if you actually remember, I spoke on it before. It's more than that. Well, God says, as far as you tolerate her, because your work is to bring quicker, facilitate the end of Jezebel. Every time you manage her and leave her in her space, What you're actually doing is permitting her to live. Carry on. Unless they repent of her ways, I will strike her children dead. Then all the churches will know that I am he who searches hearts and minds. The generation, the ability to have the seed of continuity will depart from you if you do not know how to to address Jezebel. So now let's start this word and I I don't think I'll spend long in this part but let's start this word now. Let's start to uncover Elijah. Let's look at what Elijah did and the story I'm going to introduce you to. So go to 1 Kings 19 but what I want you to think about Elijah is the stories we hear. That in chapter 17 he came out of nowhere. Almost. He came out of nowhere in chapter 17. What is that? In chapter 17, it came out of nowhere. And all of a sudden, it's like the first thing we know of Elijah will not be his background. What I mean by that, we will not know his childhood. What was most important about Elijah that God wanted us to pay attention to was his decree. What's the message in your mouth? That's what's important in God's mind. What does Eman stand for 
what does Sade stand for? What have I put in the tip of your tongue to say? That's what is most important and that's what we're first introduced to of Elijah. Men are already disregarded and not counted as the spirit of Elijah because they have other things that's at the tip of their tongue. But what we're going to see today is in 17, this was a man that made a decree and he said, as far, there will be no dew. There will be no rain from heaven or no dew for, uh, for, about, for, for the next few years, but by my word. We were introduced first to the word of Elijah. And we see the sufferings. We see now we're introduced, we're introduced to a famine that was God-ordained. Well, I don't want you to forget where that men died in this famine. Please, can you take notes of the things I'm saying to you? That men died with this prediction. Uh, Elijah made a prediction. And why I have to say prediction? Because scripture will later tell us that he was, of na- he, he was a man of nature like us. He had the same nature as us. He, he was someone that cried. He was someone that could be fearful. I, this was not a superhuman This was a man inspired by the Spirit, like you are inspired by the Spirit. And the Spirit enabled him to predict a word. And this word was going to shut down the economy system of the world to show who really has power. Did I not say to you yesterday that nature will respond to the man that is of God's pattern? Nature wants to give forth, but it will only respond to the man of God's word. And now we see him suffer through the the brook having ravens feed him we see him come to an end of the resources there all of this is going to lead us into a time of prayer we see him in that place resources are gone what do we then see God then says okay go to this woman's house I have directed her to feed you he goes there for a while The son dies. Whatever happens, he's introduced to Obadiah. Someone that was one of the king's men but feared God. Someone who took up the duty of feeding, keeping alive the remaining. But one thing I don't want you to forget was that Elijah actually proved God. That's what I don't want you to forget. Elijah actually proved God. Please ask yourself, what more can Elijah have done? How else would you prove God? Elijah actually summoned a total of 850 false prophets. Summoned the whole of the nation of Israel. Said, call on your God and he gave them time. Do everything that you have misled the people to do to show yourself as spiritual or as a prophet of a living God. Do it and prove it here so for all of us to see. In this place, your sorcery won't work. It's going to have to be if it's real. And what happens now is that um, Elijah gives them all the benefits. And actually now, in attempt to, um, to prove God, he disadvantages himself. You know what's proven God to your generation? The fact that they keep in order to have. And the fact that you give in order to have. You disadvantage yourself to actually see if God will respond. Daniel disadvantaged himself by not taking meat, but having um, a diet of um, vegetables and water. 
to prove that the one that supplies him is actually God. But look what happens, guys. The display of God will be that Elijah will put an animal on the altar. Almost as if he wants to mock them, he pours water over the animal, the sacrifice. What the proof of who represents the real God will be fire. So water was going to be everything he should not put. With all of that, God still answered. Scripture detailed to us intentionally that the fire also licked up the water that was around to say that I am surely with this man. This really is the God of Israel. And imagine that Elijah in his power, one man came up against a whole nation. Please, I want you, because this is what's going to bring us to 19, to know that, hey, Elijah was not afraid of Jezebel. We're going to read the NIV first. And NIV, a storytelling of someone's interpretation, falsely tells us what happened with Elijah, but it didn't happen like that. And I can boldly say that to you because let everything be established by two or three witnesses. Elijah actually said, actually wrought victory. In fact, please, who was the one that beheaded the 850 prophets? Can Elijah by himself behead 850 men? So it was the people that were convicted, right? By the display of God. Okay, with all of that, read verse chapter 19. Let's see what the Bible says. Go on. Now Ahab told Jezebel everything Elijah had done yeah. and how he had killed all the prophets with the sword. So Jezebel sent a messenger to Elijah to yeah. say, May the gods deal with me, be it ever so severely, if by this time tomorrow I do not make your life like that of one of them. Mm. Elijah was afraid and ran for his life. I can boldly tell you that that's wrong. Oh, is, it, is it bad is it mad for me to go against scripture I didn't go against uh, I may go against scripture I didn't go against the word how does a man yeah who has confronted an army who has confronted a king who knows that presenting himself to the king can actually make him lose his life run away from someone that he has not yet encountered in case you think that he... So, please, let's talk now. What was it of Jezebel that he was afraid? Was he... The Bible says he was afraid for... He was afraid and he ran for his life, right? Going ahead of ourselves, we'll still read it though. It actually says that he got to a place and asked God to take his life. So that contradicts itself because how can you be afraid of your life and you ask for God to kill you? If you want to stay alive, you're not going to ask God for that. In fact, your prayer, if you're afraid, is God preserve my life. So the context here is wrong because I've not seen a pattern of fear in the life of Elijah. Elijah was not afraid of Jezebel. This is what I need you to see. Elijah was not afraid of what... Jezebel was not a monster. She was not um, um, an alien. So it could not be death. I want you to understand this. That made Elijah scared. Read, carry on reading, but we're going to come back and read in another translation. Go on. 
Elijah was afraid and ran for his life. Yeah. When he came to Beersheba in Judah, he left his servant there, while he himself went a day's journey into the wilderness. He came to a broom bush, sat down under it and prayed that he might die. Yeah. I have had enough, Lord, he said. Take my life. I am no better than my ancestors. Stop there. Now, if I were you, you will underline that statement. He's he said, take my life, for I'm no better than my ancestors. Elijah was aware that he walked a walk in the presence of witnesses. He was aware that there were people before him that knew his journey, that they had done their contribution. The problem about when you look through your own eyes is that you expect God to move according to your time. So for you to understand what really was the situation, let's read it in the King James. Do you mind reading King James? I know the new King James supports the King James version, but let's read it in the King James. Read from verse 1 again. Now pay attention, guys. Because you see, if you don't get this as a leader, one of the things that I know that a prophet must learn is to know that their words does not mean just because they spoke the word of prophecy. It doesn't mean it has to come in the time of them. What's the frustration of Jeremiah and Isaiah in their time as a fleshly person? That it seems like what they're saying is not happening. But it actually did happen, but outside of them. You're going to hear me in a moment. Now, let's read from verse 1. Go on. And Ahab told Jezebel all that Elijah had done. And Ahab told Jezebel. He conferred with his wife. Go on. And withal, how he had slain all the prophets with the sword. Then Jezebel sent a messenger unto Elijah, saying, So let the gods do to me, and more also, if I make not thy life as the life of one of them by tomorrow about this time. Pay attention to this. Go on. And when he saw that, and when he saw that, what happened? He arose. He arose and what? And went for his life. And went for his life. I've been talking to you about the theme of self. I've been talking to you about the theme of this and that, but mainly self. That self is the obstacle to what God is doing. I, I hope you really hear me with this. The actual reason that inspired Elijah's running wasn't actually that he was afraid of death as some of the translations put it. Because this scripture will also be consistent to say that he asked God to take his life. So Elijah was not a man afraid of death. I told you that a man of God makes um, a, a companion of death. A man of God knows that death works with him. He's not actually afraid of death. So the issue here, the Bible says in the correct translation, the Bible says, and when he saw that, read that, that verse again. And when he saw that, he arose and went for his life. Do you know what, 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 what the issue of Elijah was? Elijah had performed something that in no other way could he have proved God. And despite that undeniable case, Jezebel was still persistent. As a leader, let me now speak to you because that's what I'm actually trying to do. Elijah's pain 
What Elijah actually did here was saying that I give up. But why was he saying I give up? Famine came and killed everyone. It was at the utterance of God, right? Fire came from heaven. Such has never happened before. Every one of Israel was a witness to it. But imagine your attempts with the black community. So let's relate it with us. Imagine with the attempts with the black community, you've tried and tried and there's been evidence beyond evidence that God is actually God. But then there's a persistent spirit to say, as I kill the others, I'm going to kill you. Do you know what happened with Elijah here? Elijah was disappointed with God. So did you notice that in the stories of faith, and I'm not saying that God did not commend him, we see the approval of uh, Elijah's life in the Mount of Transfiguration, but in the stories and the accounts of those in Hebrews 11, Elijah was not mentioned. He was actually categorized as other prophets. Because you see with him, what was Elijah's issue? He wanted to see completion in his time. What God was about to show him on the mountain of God was that I was always going to complete it, Elijah. You were just seeing through the eyes of yourself. But I was going to complete it with Elisha, with Jehu, with those that will come from you. What you must know, Elijah, is that you are doing my work. I'm not doing your work. God will work in his time. And we must not try to drag him into our time frame. Because God is bigger than what we think. God is bigger than what we imagine. God is bigger than what we comprehend. What God wants to do with what is in you, Kira, is more than what your mind can comprehend or think of. It's bigger than landmark land. What God is setting up with each and every one of us is setting up a stage for another generation. Each generation sets up a platform for the next generation. That's what the case is. Elijah was disappointed that all his prayer and fasting did not manifest in his time in the way he thought it should. This was the great prophet of God, you know. This was, and why I said I had to speak this to leaders is because, you see, what Jezebel's duty is to actually make you disappointed because she's persistent. Well, she wants you to give up. So tolerating Jezebel is more than tolerating her. Tolerating Jezebel is actually saying that, okay, I realize that God may not show through. And what does that bring you to? Instead of you carrying on and speaking, because the beginning of Elijah was his decree. Elijah wanted to stop speaking now. You remember Je Jeremiah wanted to stop speaking as well at one point. But what God's saying is that you tolerated Jezebel. And what does Jezebel do? She brings down the men of God. How does she bring down the men of God? She tampers with what they say. She affects them. She makes them, he or her, like he makes the, um, um, male and female react in a way that is compromising all of a sudden. You started off on fire. But Jezebel's influence and persistence and direct defiance of God made you give up. What God actually wanted was for his servants to outlast Jezebel. But Jezebel just has a persistence in her. She's so unrepentant. 
you know the lust that comes to you and you you always want to give up but it never stops let me be honest with you like pastor um nikki said it may never stop but you see you must keep speaking so that it does not have its way are you listening to me read from verse one again i need you guys to hear this because for us this is the only thing that can stop us so actually where i'm going is actually arise and eat you will see that that was the instruction i love the spirit of god that that was actually the instruction for the man that god is calling for the woman that god is calling but read from verse one go on and ahab told jezebel and ahab told jezebel what go on all that elijah had done and withal how he had slain all the prophets with the sword then jezebel sent a messenger unto elijah saying so let the gods do to me and more also if i make not thy life as the life of one of them by tomorrow about this time and when he saw that he already saw what when he saw that all his efforts seemed to be to no avail he said let me give this up he said that i'm the great elijah and with all the things i've seen i should have seen the results i'm looking for but elijah and this is why we don't use this word to criticize elijah is actually to make us more aware of our vulnerabilities that as far as we're man in our journeys at some point we will consider self we will think that it ends it starts and ends with us remember that christ at one point almost gave up because he dwelt amongst men too long he almost gave up but what we see here is that god is actually saying to us those called that you must keep doing because your everyday steps is actually for another generation when you stop you withhold that next generation when you give up you withhold that generation if we don't create a platform maybe the platform we need to hand over to the next generation next generation being when we're completely wiped out maybe it should be worth billions that platform but if we don't create that platform that platform will that that generation will be held back and will now have to do the activities of what their father should have completed after that he's after he saw that when he saw that it looked like everything to was to novel he said let me run but carry on now let's see god's counsel to him go on he arose and went for his life and came to Beersheba yeah. which belonged to Judah and left his servant there but he himself went a day's journey into the wilderness and came and sat down under a juniper tree yeah and he requested for himself that he might die and said it is enough now o lord take away my life for i am not better than my fathers i've tried like my fathers my fathers apparently failed in the perspective of elijah they have not been able to do it in the perspective of elijah in god's perspective they've done what they need to do but in the perspective of elijah they did not achieve the zeal that aroused elijah for that he was going to see a, a israel that will completely run with god but there was still more because christ had not yet come there was still more that needed to be done he didn't know that there was actually meant to be a blood sacrifice atonement so what happens therefore go on and as he lay and slept under a juniper tree yeah behold then an angel touched him and said unto him 
Yeah. Arise and eat. This is the instruction. The Bible actually says that, hey, my guy, arise and eat. It says, arise and eat. But why does it say arise and eat? Keep reading. And he looked, and he looked, and behold, there was a cake bacon on the coals, yeah. and a cruise of water at, at his head. And he did eat and drink, and laid him down again. Mm. And the angel of the Lord came again the second time, and touched him, and said, Arise and eat. Arise and eat, but why? Because the journey is too great for thee. Because the journey is too great for you. I hope you, you understand me now. God actually said to him, the duty I've given to you, Elijah, the duty I've given to the COD family is nothing more than keep receiving the word. Keep eating it. Keep meditating on it. Do you know why? Because the journey... Or what I want to do, the works of Elijah are greater than your time. The journey is too much for you. Your works actually exceed you. The works of Elijah, what you're doing today. So what you don't understand, the reason we're locked up here and we're tired. We're hungry, we're hot. But what you don't know is that this is a work that God has committed to you and I. And this work that we're doing to self it looks like it has no benefit and avail but in the plans of God it's actually greater it is more grand if I can say than your timeline so you know before when we read this we thought that this was simply saying that you needed to eat so that you can get to the mountain of God but even that is prophetic if you're going to go to if you're going to get if our generation no if let me say it like this. If the generations of God, so Abraham's through to Isaac, through to Jacob's, through to Joseph, if the generations of God are going to make it to the mountain of God, have you realized that we still can't find where this mountain of God is? Geographically, you can't find it because what he was actually referring to there was Isaiah, that the mountains of God will be above all mountains. The influence, the government of God will be established. How would you get there? by consistently eating because it's more than you Elijah so when I say things like uh, Elihim get ready to lead it's saying it's actually more than you you're just doing more of a work to then which will lead to another generation and you know by now when I say one person I'm actually referring to all of you God is saying that it is more than us and what will short uh, what will cause our journey to be short if the voice of self is still more powerful and let me tell you how powerful the voice of self is she's unrepentant I had to say she because it was Eve that spoke to Adam right but Eve was Adam she was taken from him and he referred to her as the bone of my bone he referred to her as self self was going to keep you thinking about you it was going to make you feel like uh, why should I do all of this for something that I may not enjoy but scripture never said you won't enjoy it just means that the enjoyment is actually more than what your life can enjoy this journey is too grand for you carry on reading let's begin to round up because I want us to worship and pray go on verse 8 
and he arose and did eat and drink and went in the strength of that meat 40 days and 40 nights yeah until so the moment you see him 40 days and 40 nights because it's a pattern you know it's not actually 40 days it represents god's time do you understand if it was 37 days then we understand but 40 days is a pattern do you understand the number 40 is a pattern so it's actually representing the time of god why did all those that were called of god do something in relation to 40 it was god's timing it was saying that generations will be able to live off my word generations will exceed and proceed by my word not by their expectation not by them believing that god is going to do something in their time and do you know what usually discourages most people is that they've given and they expected the harvest by this time they've dictated time to god but god does not work within your time frame god will not be forced to dance to our tune it doesn't matter how much we play he will not dance to it because he was the one that called us are you listening to me cod this is what God calls us into, that there's a work bigger than us. And when we see it for what it is, we will celebrate God because he has given us a voice even when it seemed like we had no longer a body. Carry on reading, go on. Unto Horeb, the mount of God. And we'll he start off with Yeshua, yeah? Go on. And he came farther unto a cave and lodged there. Yeah. And behold, the word of the Lord came to him. Mm. And he said unto him, what doest thou here, Elijah? And he said, I have been very zealous for the Lord God of hosts. For the children of Israel have forsaken thy covenant, thrown down thine altars, mm. and slain thy prophets with the sword. Yeah. And I, even I only, am left. Did you hear that? This was a man of self. He deemed or he registered or he measured God's work by him. So what he actually ran from was the fact that he felt he was the last prophet left. If she died, if he died, then it looked like Baal would be restored. But what he didn't know was that in his works, God was creating a generation. Do you remember in St. Paul's when PT spoke about this word? And he said the 7,000 reserved. But he showed us the illustration of the, uh, the mother and the child. The 7,000 wasn't people in a cave. It was yet to be discovered who these people were over generations. So actually when we give, when we pray, what God is fashioning behind our backs are those through us that will carry out the works. There will be a Basola in another generation. There will be a Shade in another generation. There will be a Tony in another generation because of the, 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 the faith you kept up. Men are to be created by faith. Are you listening to me? Are you sure you're hearing what I'm saying to you? So what God actually calls us into is don't give up on your work. Men become so zealous of God that they try to do God's work. And that's why I had to start off by saying that don't forget that it is him who works in us both to will to do. Pastor Obi preaching right now is not his ability to preach. It's actually God preaching through me. So the moment I begin to narrow and measure or constrain and restrain God's work according to what I see, then I destroy everything. What was going to keep it going? Keep speaking, Elijah. Because there will be a generation that will speak from your word. That will move from your word. Keep speaking. And I understand disappointment sometimes. 
Disappointment sometimes causes, you know when a woman is disappointed? You know when a woman is like heartbroken? You know when a woman, I'm just using women as an example. You know when a woman is um, 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 offended? And not only women, but I'll use it as them. Have you noticed that they lose their appetite? Have you noticed? I remember when Ashley lost all her weight, I was thinking, ah, oh, this girl wants to disappear into the air. No, no, no. That's what happened to Elijah. He wanted to stop eating because disappointment stopped him eating. But what God was doing was cheering him up and saying, no, eat. Don't give up on the word. Sometimes the call will make you speak like Jeremiah and say, God, you betrayed me or you deceived me. It will look like oh, all that you said and made me say has availed to nothing. But God actually says, keep eating because there's the 7,000 that I create as you keep eating. As you keep speaking, there's a 7,000 that I'm reserving. Elijah at this point never knew an Elisha. At this point never knew a Jehu. But his works was giving birth to a children was giving birth to a generation that will carry out the completion of Jezebel. He thought he was the one that was meant to see the end of Jezebel. But it will actually be the works of Elijah. The spirit of Elijah carried over to Elisha, right? The spirit of Elisha was what was on Jehu. The spirit of Elijah was on the other third person, I always forget. So it was actually the spirit of Elijah that saw the completion. But the body of Elijah wanted to see the completion. What I want to say to you is that what you live for, the, the, the hopes, the dreams that God has given us, the words, the spirit, which are actually life, these are the things that are going to preserve and create a generation. But God says in the formation of that generation, do not stop speaking. Do not stop eating. It doesn't matter how things appear to you. So in God's mercy, God gave him a revelation. And what was the revelation? Carry on reading. Let's close this. Go on. And they seek my life to take it away and he said go forth and stand upon the mount before the Lord and behold the Lord passed by and a great and strong wind rent the mountains and break in pieces the rocks before the Lord but the Lord was not in the wind and after the wind an earthquake yeah but the Lord was not in the earthquake yeah and after wind came and God said that he's not there he expected God to show up in the wind, but God didn't come. Man expected God to come in, the, in grand style. But how God was going to come was in a whisper. You know, so generations have seen the move of wind, seen the move of fire, seen the move of earthquake, miracles. And like Elijah, he thought the, the best miracle was going to be the deliverance of his people. But God said, no, it's still going to be that whisper. When I say whisper, I'm actually saying that sure word. It's going to be that word that would deliver me to a generation. It's not going to be all this antics. So God is as real to us as this word here. If you cannot see the realities of God in this word, you're not going to see God. Your heart will be saying, yes, you will see him. But actually, what your body will always be longing for is, a, a, is an exceptional moment. So do you know what people are looking for? The day that their bank account just randomly changed. Miracle. They're looking for a day when all of a sudden the hotel will be built. Miracle. No, but God says my arrival is actually the words you're receiving today. 
my rival of my what will make me commend you to another generation is that you kept up with it remember i said that when swords came to be the means of how the saints would be killed that was not enough to kill them because they believed every word the the things that they had not yet seen but they held on to they held on to the invisible that was actually god they held on to that and it made them tackle or face that death like nothing now we still speak about them what you need to do is remove self from your life and you would notice that as we get into a place of prayer we're praying for self but the prayer that i'm actually praying for is strength so early in the morning i messaged one of yourselves and i i said to you that you'll be strong and i'll lead you to the prayer point that i prayed this morning that god will keep you in perfect peace because you'll notice what actually was bothering elijah was a mental issue how he viewed things in his own mind how he perceived things how he saw things but my prayer for the next generation is that god will keep you in perfect peace you will not be troubled by how things seems you'll be confident with what god is saying and you will follow his word all the way until it leads you to god's mountain until it leads you to god's government until it leads you to god's authority we will remain there and you see for me i can be tired but i'll keep speaking and you know sometimes i'll speak and my heart will be feeling our people are tired and i understand that the movement of the spirit is the word the movement of the spirit is the receiving of the word this is why a word can come overnight it can come in an instant because god sees a ready heart and what god wants to install in all of us is a ready heart and what will pull you from having a ready heart self right now you'll be thinking of every other thing your stomach will start to say you're hungry and even me saying that now has just reminded you that you're hungry god says keep speaking keep eating get up don't be discouraged there's seven thousand but please let's round this up because i want us to worship and then we pray are you ready to pray guys go on carry on and after the earthquake a fire but the lord was not in the fire nah he wasn't in all these things go on and after the fire a still small voice a sure voice you know someone that is whispering yeah yeah there's there's the type of whisper that comes out of panic then it wouldn't be referred to as a still small voice do you understand panic can make you know how panic you know like articulate like people are trying to whisper um, in a still way but it's loud it's panic do you understand or, or you're running from something and you're trying to whisper but that's not still still means unmoved still means that no situation forces me to move out of way a still small voice came to elijah and what was the voice what did it then say to him go on and it was so when elijah heard it that he wrapped his face in his mantle yeah and went out and stood in the entering on in the entering in of the cave and behold there came a voice unto him and said what doest thou here elijah and he said i have been very zealous for the lord god of hosts he told us his issue he was zealous he expected a change and he's now he was zealous but actually he recognized this when he saw the word carry on let me stop interrupting this so we can pray go on because the children of israel have forsaken thy covenant yeah thrown down thine altars and slain thy prophets with the sword and i even i only am left and they seek my life to take it away and the lord said unto him 
go return on thy way to the wilderness of Damascus. Yeah. And when thou comest, anoint Hazael to be king over Syria. And Jehu, the son of Nimshi, shall thou anoint to be king over Israel. Yeah. And Elisha, the son of Shaphat, of Abel Mahola, shalt thou anoint to be prophet in thy room. Yeah. And it shall come to pass that him that escapeth the sword of God Hazael. God was speaking the end of Jezebel. Those that are against me, those that escape this person, the other will meet. And if they miss that person, the other will end it. There was a short end to Elijah's trouble. But what brought him comfort? God now enabled him to see generations. Do you know what makes me confident with the nation family? What makes me confident with COD? Is that I can see seed. I can see continuation. I can see a generation. If it left with me, I know that I can't do this. And maybe the things that I would have expected God to show up for, if he didn't, would have discouraged me. But I know from scripture, by the comfort of scripture and the patience of scripture, that whatever, you see, every time you feel that things should happen with you, God is actually birthing. In the womb of Elijah was Elisha, was Jehu and all of these guys. But Elijah didn't even know. He had been, he had conceived by the word. And what he didn't know, he almost wanted to abort that which God was brewing in him. I want you to hear this carefully. God wants us to keep going. And to keep going with his mind that you see this nation family, it's not something that will last for a hundred years. It's going to last for eternal life. If we're still speaking about Abraham, as far as there's a clock, a timing to the earth, nation family will remain. Do you hear that? Because we're really seed and harvest will not cease. There will be the ripple effects of God's decree. There'll be the ripple effects of those that will rise and execute the things that it seemingly looked like you were unable to achieve in your time. You would have created the platform for them. What I want you to think of is bigger than you. What I want you to think of is that though it's bigger than you, everything you do, everything of tomorrow hangs on what you do today. And what we say here today is that you don't give up, that you don't turn away. That you don't get tired of giving when God gives the instruction that we give every day. And I hope you're listening to that instruction. You're not waiting for someone to nudge you. You're listening to it. It's actually an investment to tomorrow that you can't see. Yet I have reserved to me for what? Go on. Yet I've reserved. Okay, read verse 18. Yet I have left me 7,000 in Israel, all the knees which have not bowed unto Baal, and every mouth which hath not kissed him. I've reserved them. Is that the end of it? Go on. So he departed thence and found Elisha, the son of Shaphat, who was plowing with twelve yoke of oxen before him. As in face, as in water face reflects face, so the heart of man reflects another. So you see, what will happen after these times of word and prayer and fasting is that all of a sudden God's going to begin to call you onto the path of finding those who are actually in you you know we've been saying this for years that when you pray you actually engage with the souls you're going to meet tomorrow so we're going to enter a moment of worship and i mean a real sink like uh, you know them ones where if you like don't know what song you're going to sing next anyone can go and lead worship we're going to go into a time of worship then we're going to go into a time of prayer but know for sure that god is showing to you a generation so what does god say to us Arise and eat.
don't give up.